Well, good morning. I trust that, for those of you that didn't get a chance to say Merry Christmas to you, I trust that your Christmas was a wonderful Christmas, uh, best ever. Um, how many did have the best ever Christmas ever? Yeah? Two people, three people. Come on. Get out of the past. Get into the future. Best Christmas ever. I, I thought it was phenomenal Christmas. Uh, even though it was crunch this year with Thanksgiving being so late, you know, Took me a while to get into the Christmas spirit, but once it came, it came. Um, that's, that's, by, that's from the Grinch, by the way, just in case you didn't miss that. Um, and so now, you know, now, now the work starts, right? Monday morning, we're going to start on the treadmill. We're going to watch our P's and Q's. We're going to maybe do a little jogging. Who's with me? We in? Kevin's in. Look at that. Ed's in. I love it. See, the guys raised their hands, see? Uh, no, you did too. I, I caught that. Um, no, I mean, it's a time of, of goal setting, right? It's a time, I mean, how many, how many at work set goals for the new year, starting now, shared performance, whatever you use? Set goals, right? It's a time that we love beginnings. This, you know, we, we, we mark time. We do. Um, that's how God created this beautiful earth that we live in. And we set goals, and we start out the new year excited. Right? Maybe this was a tough year. Maybe we had some losses. Maybe we had some disappointments, discouragements. Um, new beginnings are what we look for. And it's, it's, it's so exciting. Well, as a church, we're the same way. Um, as a priesthood, we talk. We, we talk about goals for the new year. We talk about what our hopes and our desires are for the church, for Mesa specifically. This is where we worship. Those of you that are visiting, hopefully you've got some goals you can bring back to your own church and your own branch. But this is where we worship. This is where we labor. It's where God has planted us, right? And so that's, that's going to be my focus this morning. Um, our text is, uh, so, so the title of this message is Goals for 2020, right? Church goals. We'll call it that. Personal goals or church goals. Micah, will, that's a filter's choice out there. You can title it how you feel. Proverbs 3 is where we're going to start. And I love this, this, this you know, we, we, we zoom in on what, what, how do we know this proverb, right? Counsel in the Lord with all our, you know, you know, you know that, right? Um, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not on thy own understanding. But there's so much more to this, this beautiful scripture uh, as we look for goal setting and we look for new beginnings and new starts. Uh, there's so much more. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, um, I'm waiting for the scripture to come up on the screen. You ready, Austin? Yeah, first one. So sorry. Um, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Brother AJ um, gave us a goal. And for those of you that were, first of all, I'm going to ask a show of hands, because we had a light crowd that day. Who was here when Brother AJ empowered by the priesthood of the church here in Mesa, spoke a message to us about a goal that we need to have and a vision that we need to have, right? And how, as a church and as a priesthood, we want to see us have a closer walk with who? The Lord, the Lord in 2020. Do you all remember? Who was here, by the way? Raise your hand if you were here. Okay, so you're on the hook this morning to give us the answer then because you were here. No, you, you know, really. And by the way, if you have a problem remembering, taking notes in church is not a bad thing. We, we do. We take it at work. 
we, we write things down, whether it's online with your, you know, with, with typing it in or just writing it. I have a nice little pen that I use in my iPad. I have a note app and you know, I write little notes because I don't like to type. So what was the goal for 2020? After AJ was done and on the PowerPoint, what was the goal? Financial, I'll give you a hint, it's financial. Hopefully, see, you know, you remember? Were you here? It was about the money, right? Do you remember the number? Whatever it was, see, that's a good politically correct answer. You're, you're, you're tap dancing around that answer, right? You don't remember the specific amount, do you? Well, I don't remember the amount. Okay, you don't remember the amount. That's all right, all right? Uh, I'll get you in a second. A goal needs to be smart. Does anyone know what smart goals are? Specific, measurable, has to be attainable, realistic, time bound. So this is, a, this is a smart goal we gave you and us. It's us. We're all in this together, right? All right. Those of you that were here, Bethany raised her hand so you get first crack. 300,000 300, specifically. So you were good. You just remembered the number, but you won't forget it now, right? All right. So we raised... Close to 150,000 in receipts, meaning gross income, into the into the church in Mesa. Not bad, by the way. Very good increase from last year. Okay. But we can do so much more. You with me? Amen. I didn't hear that. That's so. So goal. We all have to agree on the goal. We all got to be all in. Can we do that? You're still not there. 300,000, do you believe it? Do you believe Jesus can do anything? Yes. Ah, that one's a good amen. Okay, well then he can help us. 300,000. AJ, what are you feeling about that? We got some work to do? A little more enthusiastic. A little more enthusiastic, okay. I, I, I make it a light topic, but it's a sober and serious one, is it not, brothers and sisters? It's serious. Our commitment to the Lord in, in giving, our commitment to the Lord in our service, our commitment to the Lord in a goal that we set for him. And we'll get into the scripture and maybe it'll be clear to you when you, when you read what the wonderful writer writes in this beautiful, beautiful proverb. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now, for those of us that were in Sunday school this morning, those of you that weren't, phenomenal Sunday school about a couple beautiful experiences that came to the priesthood in October about feeling that, and this is coming from the Lord, this is how he feels. We accepted these dreams in our church as revelation of the Lord that we're just a little distracted as people. We come to church, we listen, we hear, but it stops right there. Now there's, a, there's, a, there's something else we have to do besides listening and hear. And so beautifully, Linda called it out. Be ye not hearers of the word, but be ye what? Doers. We have to obey the gospel, not just hear it. We can hear the good news, but we've got to obey the gospel. So... Don't forget the law of the Lord. 
and keep the commandments, brothers and sisters. That, that's, that's number one. And I, I love the second verse. We'll go to the second verse. Just <clears throat> For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Look, 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 look at the blessings of God and the promises to his people if we listen to his commandments and obey them. Not just listen, but obey them. This is the blessing. Well, you know, Brother Pete, I don't know. I, I've seen some people obey the Lord and they die a short life. And Okay, there's exceptions to everything. And God has his purposes and he's sovereign. You all get what sovereign means. We understand that? Okay, he, his word is final. We don't argue with God. Just like children don't argue with parents, we don't argue with God. God knows best. But for a general rule, this applies. How many want peace added to their life? That's the key here. Look at the final thing, peace. This is the promise of the angel that spoke to, to the shepherds on the, on the hillside. The goodwill and peace would come to those that accept the Lord Jesus and obey him. We'll go to the next verse. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of our heart. So it's just not all law, brothers and sisters. It's just not all commandments either. You see the balance? There's also truth and mercy and grace. That if I just can't keep your commandments, Lord, I mess up today that around my neck is, is the blood of Christ and forgiveness. You see the balance here. Truth, only truth, is, is, is very brutal. And mercy without truth is hypocrisy. You understand what I'm saying? It needs to be balanced. Next verse. <clears throat> so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man if we do those first verses. And I want to be in God's good favor this year. How about you? In 2020, I want the favor of the Lord to rest upon me. That's what goodwill toward men means, upon whom God's favor rests. That's the interpretation of that scripture. Goodwill just doesn't happen. It's good and everyone's happy and we'll just... No, 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 no. God's favor rests upon those that serve him, brothers and sisters, and that keep his holy commandments. That's when the favor of the Lord rests upon people. Next verse. So trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Next verse. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. We're going to stop there, but there's more to this. We're not done. And those are the two verses that we know. But you see when you put the first verses with that, how powerful it becomes. We're committing in essence in this beautiful scripture, Lord, we're going to follow your commandments. We're not going to pick and choose what we want to do. We're going to do them all. Because you know best for what I need. Not me. You agree with that, brothers and sisters? That's a Brother Pete statement, but it's a true statement. I don't know what's best for me. God knows what's best for me in my life, and my wife, and my family, and the things that I'm trying to accomplish. I think I know, but I don't know. God knows. 
Oh, and it takes surrender, and it takes humility, and it takes humbleness to acknowledge that he's great and I'm nothing. Well, you know, I dusted off a few notes from maybe four or five years ago when we attempted to bring this topic up about our giving to God. It's just not about money, by the way, too. It's our giving of our heart. Because he gave the best for us. So I want to ask you a very important question. I don't want you to answer this. These are, these are questions that should make you think. These are questions that should make you ponder in your heart, where am I? There's a beautiful hymn in the Songs of Zion called Checking on Me. I, I think we should sing that hymn every New Year's Eve service. And if you have a chance, read the words of that song. Can I improve? Can I do better? Can I love more? Can I be better than my wife and my children and my grandchildren? Can I be a better example? Have I gotten hung up into some distractions is what the Lord's telling the church. And maybe it's not sin, okay, but it's keeping me from obeying all the things that God wants me to do in my life. You ever hear the Lord whisper to you and you just, you just brush it off like it's a, a, an insect around your ear? You know, the Lord doesn't take an anvil and bang, hit you over the head. He doesn't do that. You'll read here what the Lord does. Sometimes he just whispers to us because he wants us to love him with all our hearts and he wants us to be excited about obeying him. Some of my best successes with my children was never when I was loud and angry and banging on them. It wasn't. It was when I loved them and I was kind and sweet and they responded. And so I want to ask you a question. Is God's grace present in your life, brothers and sisters? Grace. Is it on display for people to see that God is forgiving you, though you deserve not forgiveness? Is that visible to people? You know, if we're struggling. Remember what I said not too long ago. This is a time of year. I think I said this, and Jameson was with me. I said this in San Carlos. This is a time of year for, for, for many things, right? The holidays. One thing it's a time of year for is reconciliation. It's a time for us to reconcile. You've got any ought with someone or differences or whatever. Is the grace of God present in our lives? If it is, we can't rest until we reconcile one with another. Because you savor and you appreciate that God forgave you. And he forgave me. And you can't rest. Are you taking responsibility? Brothers, are we taking responsibility for the way we live our lives? No, 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 I said in Sunday school this morning, no, 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 but my feelings are important. And I have rights. I have rights today. i got to tell you what. The only right we have is that we need to serve the Lord in everything. God's rights supersede mine. Amen? If we want blessings, if we want blessings, we got to take ownership of our life and how we're living it. Are you going beyond yourself in service to the Lord and each other? Nah, you know what? I did that in my life. I went above and beyond. 
you know what I've got? A big fat kick in the head. I'm not going anymore. I'm not doing it. That's not God's word. You know what God's word is? If you've done it to the least of these, my brother, you've done it unto me. That's the word of God. We don't get a vote. We don't get a choice to say, hey, I got hurt when I did this. Do it unto me, the Lord's saying. Have you experienced God's presence as you served others? How will you challenge yourself in the coming year to reach out to someone in need? And how are you offering yourself in generous response to the wonderful gift of God's love in your life and mine? Are we anxious to share it this morning? Or are we just going to hold on to it? What does God owe you? You ever think about that? What's he owe you? Now, immediately Sharon shaking her head saying, nothing. And it's true. It is true. But he's a faithful God, Sharon. Amen? You know what he owes us? What he's promised us. He's never going to go back on his word. That's who God is. He's, it's impossible for him to take back what a gift he's got. How can he take Jesus back from us, brothers and sisters? It's impossible. We can reject the Lord, but the Lord could never take back the gift of salvation. That's how good he is. Your life, he could never take your life back. He gave you your life. The breath that you have in your life, the life that you have, the soul that you have is yours. Gift of God. Can't take it back. Isn't that beautiful? Now, that's his part. Now let's look at your part and mine. What do we owe God? Anyone want to answer that? You don't have to. Think about it. Are we forever indebted to him? Our life? And you, you may have worked hard and sacrificed for many things you own, might have saved a long time, and maybe some of you are just starting out on your journey. Maybe some of you are well on your way, and some of you are nearing the end. But you know what? About what you did, we owe God everything. Because it's all a gift of God. You with me this morning? Amen. Amen. There's a difference. What an owner feels and what a steward feels. Remember this, brother, how we went through this five years ago? This is what an owner feels. This is what a steward feels. An owner says, I made all the money through my own industry and hard work. And how much do I going to give God? I'll divvy out a portion because it's mine. That's not what a steward feels. Steward says, everything I have is all because of God's grace. How much am I going to keep for myself? Because it's all his in the first place. That's what a steward says. Remember the parable of the owner and the steward? 
You remember that? And some he gave five, and some he gave three. I didn't read anywhere where that steward did it himself and made the money. The owner gave it to him. Some he gave one, but he expected a return out of the blessings that he gave them. I perceived you were a hard owner. And you demanded much from things where you didn't really work, but you expected a return. That person didn't get it. It was all his in the first place. Remember the ones that had issues? With at the 12th hour, the owner went out and gave a penny. It's mine to give, and it's mine to take away. Isn't that how the scripture goes? Owner's sake. My finances, my giving, even my giving of time and what I do for the church, that's my own personal business. I'm not accountable to you, brothers and sisters. I'm certainly not accountable to the apostles and the, and the general church. It's my own private business. You know what a steward says? The steward says, I'm going to read this word for word. I will seek wise counsel so I can be faithful with God's resources. Instead of viewing our finances and giving as our own private business, we will begin to think with all unimportant decisions, even whether I should raise my hand for taking on a seminar, junior church, Sunday school, you name it. I'm going to counsel with the Lord. It's not our private business. It's a public business. My relationship with God. It's on display for everyone, brothers and sisters. Hopefully in a good way. That they might see that Jesus is working in our lives. We're going to counsel. And we're going to do that as a mature Christian. From the light of God's word. Not out of emotion. We're not going to knee-jerk on decisions. We're going to go research God's word and say, if I'm feeling this feeling, by the way, that's God's whisper, because he wants us all to have a part to play in the church of Jesus Christ. John asked the question this morning, what was your question, John, relative to the contribution? Do you want to raise that up again? And that you're making a contribution. Right. It's all here, John. I got to tell you what. God wants everyone to have a role. No one's off the hook. Because <laughs> he loves you. And if he's whispering, we need to answer. And we need, we need to not say it's my private business, Lord. No, no. I need to go to your word and pray and counsel with you. And I also need to counsel with men and women that are sterling examples of God's love. People that I look at and respect because they're following God's commandments and counsel with them. You know, the Lord put those examples before us. You know, I want to read you something from Billy Graham. We are stewards of that which God has entrusted to us. And one day, each of us will be called to give an account 
for how we managed what the master has given us. Now you could believe that or not, that's in God's word. And that's a whole other situation. If I'm struggling to believe what God's really saying in his word, that's a whole other prayer request. <laughs> our spending, our checkbook. How many of you keep a budget? You're allowed to raise your hand. Okay? Hopefully you do. I hope every hand goes up in 2020. We should keep a budget. We, Wendy tells me this all the time. You, we spend and we don't know where the money is going. Then at the end of the month, we're surprised. Well, it's because we don't, we don't keep a budget. And it doesn't matter if you have excess or you don't. What matters is you know where your money's going. Billy Graham says, our spending demonstrates our relationship with God. A checkbook is a theological document, and it will tell you who and what you worship. That's Billy Graham. I think it's spot on, brothers and sisters. I had a brother that um, was in church, and uh, as these wonderful experiences came forward in October, and we'll get through those. John's going through them now in Sunday school, and I encourage you to come. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal instruction for us. God doesn't give us anything. It might be a little painful. You'll see in the next couple verses. It might not be comfortable, but it's good for us. It's good for us. What's comfortable about putting on jogging shoes and a running suit and getting out there and breaking a sweat? There's nothing. I'd rather sit and eat a turkey or <laughs> eat a pizza. Some of Wendy's beautiful cookies for the holidays. Nothing good about that. But you know what? It's good for us. You see, when I go to the doctors and my blood pressure's under control and my cholesterol goes down 60 points, I'm excited. But not when I'm on the road, though. Not excited. Our giving, and it's just not financial, just that we happen to have a record of our financial giving in our own checkbook, which is a theological document. But you know, the Lord has a, has a record. You know that? You know, one, at one point the scripture tells us that even every idle word that we say, we'll have to give an account for. Now thank God for grace. And I, I, I call that out. We thank God for grace. But your day-to-day, -day, my day-to-day, -day, is God proud of us? If I was checking on myself, is he happy with what's going on in my life? And if I'm not, if he's not, am I taking responsibility for that? Let's go to the next verse. Be not wise in thine own eyes. You, you, you hear this calling out? We're not, we don't have wisdom, brothers and sisters. Whatever we have, God's given us. The knowledge, the wisdom, the blessings. It's God enlightening our minds. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And complacency and not wanting to be involved is evil. I'll call it out right like that. Being lazy is not a good thing. Not having discipline in our lives, not having structure in our lives is not of God. It's of the devil. We read that beautiful scripture at the end of Sunday school that watch that the devil doesn't pacify us. You know, I see my little grandson, Leo, and when he gets stirred up, you know, and he starts to cry, and he starts to, Jameson, 
gently puts that pacifier in his mouth. Why? Because he's agitated. And he starts to suck on that and he feels good. But you know the enemy does that to us. God wants us to be agitated. He wants us to be stirred to doing better. Uh-uh. The enemy says, no, no, let's put a pacifier in your mouth. Let's, let's get him calmed down. We don't want better. We don't want better. You know what the enemy's saying to you? Don't get better. Just tread water. That's what the enemy wants. Let's tread water, brothers and sisters. You know what? There's no treading water in our service to God. Either we're going forward or we're retrogressing. There's no treading water. Ask my beautiful wife if our relationship's treading water. You know what she's going to say to me? Pete, I need more. Amen, Wendy. You do need more. You deserve more. What relationship should just tread water? We need to be falling in love with each other every moment of the day, growing in love, brothers and sisters, growing in, in compassion, growing in, in, in all of the things that God has for us to experience in this life. Next verse. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones if we want to grow with God and, and follow his commandments and depart from evil. Next verse. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. How many of you got a raise this year? How many of you got a raise? You can put your hand up if you got a raise. That's a good thing. How many of you got an increase this year? You know, you should expect that. If you're doing a good job for your employer, okay? Admiral, you know what we got this year, Chamra? Three and a half percent. Better than cost of living. Three and a half. If you do a good job, you might get five. What's wrong with that? Well, how much of that are we going to give the Lord? You know what this is saying? The first fruits. The moment you get the first check of that 5% or three and a half, something got to go to the Lord. That's the scripture. That we might return unto God's blessings back to him, an appreciative heart. A heart that says, this is where my blessings are coming from. It's coming from God today. Oh, my brothers and sisters, sober words, but it's good for us to listen and hear it. Next, next verse. You do that? You give God the first fruits of your 5% or 3.5%? Your barns are going to be filled with plenty. Just in case you're not wondering what that means, that's called an excess or a surplus. You live pay to pay today? This means your barns are filled up. That's not pay to pay. Am I missing something? You, you with me? That's, that's excess. Now, if the word of God is true, this is true. You have to believe it. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Next verse. So my son, my daughter, who I love so very much, the Lord's saying, don't despise my chastening. When I'm going to teach you, and it might be uncomfortable for you, because God isn't afraid of confrontation, by the way. He's a loving God, but he's a direct God. He wants, he's black and white when it comes to his commandments. Come on, we all know what grace is. But we can't ignore that we have to follow the commandments of God and obey them. 
and don't be weary of his correction. Last verse. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son, in whom he delighteth. Now, I, I can't say I get excited every time the Lord gives me a, a correction. It's not, it's not fun to go through that. How many of you have ever had God's correction? And if you're young and haven't experienced it yet, you know what? You will. Because if you don't, it means he doesn't love you. And that's not what this scripture says. Look at my young sister. I love you so much. Listen to this. When you're young, don't despise the Lord giving you a little smack on the backside. It means he loves you. All the lessons I've learned from the Lord, brothers and sisters, if I would have just applied them when I was younger, I would have been so blessed. My lessons came in my life when I struggled with humility, when I struggled with pride. I thought I had all the answers. And the Lord just drops you and says, okay, now you need to learn. Without me, you're nothing. And I read God's word, and I thought I understood it. But my flesh is always in the way. Praise God for grace and for love. That's what this is right here. For whom the Lord loveth. You know you could replace that and say, for whom the Lord gives grace. We don't deserve correction. We deserve to be ostracized. We deserve to be completely gone from the Lord's presence. But he loves us, brothers and sisters, and he corrects us. And he keeps working with us. I'm not perfect yet, brothers and sisters, but I'm a forgiven saint. And I've experienced the grace of God. And I'm on my way to perfection through Christ Jesus. Read the last beautiful book of the Book of Mormon. Come unto Christ. Oh, how Moroni says, and be ye perfect in him. For it is by grace, Moroni says. Anybody that says the Book of Mormon is only about works, they don't know what they're talking about. For it is by grace that we obtain this perfection in Christ. Amen? And so I'm going to close with this. What keeps us from giving? I just think sometimes we're not aware. We need reminded. Not only from the ministry, brothers and sisters, each other. We need reminded of where there's needs. We need reminded. And this isn't just about finance. I just might need your time. I just might need you to give me a good, kind word. I just might need you to be a better example so that I might serve the Lord with all my soul. Because I've got something to look to. You hear what I'm saying? Becky says this morning, <laughs> and she apologized. She said, you know, I didn't mean to call out the ministry. You keep doing that, sister. We have to be accountable to you. These beautiful messages that we got from the Lord in October. Becky says, well, you know, it's January. What, what, how long does it take to get a message here? The Internet's like this. You're right. We need to do better, brothers. Amen? You know what the Lord said to the ministry in 2013? You know why the brothers and sisters don't give? We need to do a better job teaching them about giving. Not just about money, but giving. 
And we can't teach it if we're not doing it. Amen? If I just come on Sunday and preach to you and then you don't see me for another two weeks because I casually come to church, what example is that? You know, Brother Joe Laval used to say, where's your sister Faye? Brother Joe, when he would get upset with some of the ministry, I remember I was under his tutelage. He used to say, Brother Pete, what, what church do you belong to? And he didn't mean that I would say the church of Jesus Christ because what I, my actions were showing him that I didn't belong over here. What church do you belong to? Because it's not the same church Brother Joe was saying that I belong to. There was a disconnect. Well, in October 2013, Brother Paul Palmieri was very stirred because of a lack of funding in the church. And he says, brothers, share this information and encourage our people to give to the work of the Lord. Now, that could mean your time, your schedule, your finances, your prayers, your heart. Give your heart. Give more of your heart. 100% of your heart given to the Lord. Mine, that's not a question to answer. Could you do better? As he was stating this, a brother arose in the gift of tongues. And here was the interpretation. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord this day, I have commissioned you to take the gospel to the dying souls of mankind. And yet you see your limitations before you today, and you are bound by them. Now the last time I checked, brothers and sisters, in the scriptures, God is a great liberator of those that are in prison. He don't believe in slavery. He don't believe in being bound by anything. For with men, the Lord said, things are impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. And have I not said that you must have a pure heart? For out of a pure heart, you would be willing to give. You would be willing to give tithes and offerings unto me, the great provider. For I have provided for you in your things. I desire, I'm sorry, for I have provided for you in your lives. And now teach, yes, teach the sheep that they must give, that they must give of themselves. I need not material things. Did you just hear that? I desire gifts of the heart. I desire the sincerity of a will and a desire that would serve me, brothers and sisters, the God and the provider of all. So now go forth. Go now forth and teach the people. Teach the people, thus saith the Lord. And that was in October of 2013. This isn't about money this morning. It's not about material things. God could take this building and he could transform it into a cathedral with thousands of people if that's what he so desired. Not what he, that's what, not what he desires. He desires a pure heart and the gifts from your heart belong to him. And I'll let God take care of everything else. Will you? Amen? So may God bless you for 2020, brothers and sisters. I think... Now more than ever, we have a life that yanks on us this way and yanks on us this way. 
And I want God to be center in our lives. The focal point. The everything. You know, Jesus said in scripture, I am the alpha, what? And the omega. Now, what is that translated and interpreted to mean? I am the beginning and the end. We have no need of nothing else. He's our everything, Jesus. He is the chief apostle. He's the president of our church. He is, with all the law and the prophets, they hang on what the Lord has taught and said. He is everything. And I want to serve him with all my heart, and so do you. So let's make that a reality in 2020. And brothers and sisters, if you're struggling, you're struggling. Seek out. Seek out each other. Seek out the ministry. Seek out your brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. That we might help each other in growing a closer walk with the Lord and attaining the goal of a financial win of how much, brother? God bless you, brother. 300 times. May the Lord bless you is my prayer.